there's different stages of planning that we do at our office, um, but a, a big bulk of it is pre-planning, we call it. So that's planning before the crisis and really planning before five years before you might need care. The reason that's so important is because there's a five-year look back. So anytime you or your loved one needs nursing home care and you move into a facility, the first question they're gonna ask is, have you made any gifts in the last five years? The reason is they wanna make sure obviously they're gonna get paid, whether it's through you, whether it's through Medicaid, however that's going to look. And a gift when we're dealing with like nursing home or Medicaid is actually anything over $500 a month. And that's not per person, that's total. So a lot of times um, there's confusion because there's the gifting rules for taxes and that's $15,000 a year. So um, when we're dealing with Medicaid though, it's no more than $500 a month. Well, a lot of us make gifts more than five or $500 a month. And um, you know, one of the things we always say is that could be okay. There's a lot of situations where we don't have to worry about that, but there's definitely situations where we have to worry about that. Because if we're giving our money away to our kids or whoever it might be, it can even be charities. And then we need nursing home within the next nursing home care within the next five years, the states could penalize you for that. And what they do is they total up the gifts that you've made in the last five years and they divide it by the average cost of nursing home care in Pennsylvania, which would you believe it right now is $10,732 a month is the average cost of care in Pennsylvania. So that's scary. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So for every $10,732 you give away, it's one month the state will not pay for your nursing home care. So in some situations, that's fine because you've made some gifts, but you have other money in your name that we can use and kind of figure out a plan there. But sometimes what we see people do, and, and this is just because um, there's so much misinformation out there. You've heard from somebody, they did this and it worked, but you know, we're going into a nursing home, wife goes to a nursing home, husband's like, I need to protect things. So he gives everything to his kids. Well, then kid goes and spends it on whatever, you know, and there's, it's not there anymore. And then they come into us and they're saying, we can't qualify my way for Medicaid. I don't have any money left. I can't private pay for six months in a nursing home. Um, kid can't give it back. Then we're in a situation and that makes it a little bit, you know, hard for us to figure out a good plan. Um, and that's why, you know, pre-planning is really important. Um, so we're planning for the future if we need long-term care. So we create these irrevocable trusts that Landon talked about. We figure out what assets to tuck away into these trusts. We don't tuck away everything. We keep your bank accounts that you use every day in your name. We do not put qualified retirement accounts into a trust because it would create a taxable event. But real estate, life insurance, investments, things like that are really easy assets to tuck away. Put them into the tut, the trust, you need care in six, seven, eight, nine years, whenever it may be, the state can't even look at them. I don't even report them on my Medicaid applications at that point in time because they're tucked away, they're protected. So we can protect more when we do that type of planning. However, keep in mind, a lot of what I do at the office is dealing with families who need care right now. Some that are a lot that didn't do any type of planning because they didn't even know it was an option. That's why we do the seminars. Let everybody know there's options. There's things you could do now. Options um, are good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So even, you know, if you didn't 
pre-plan, there are options, as long as that power of attorney is good. <laughs> um, but we, we usually can't protect as much. We can still protect things. It's just generally not as much as if we would have engaged in the pre-planning and got things tucked away a little bit earlier. And that brings up something I know we always want to talk about and I'll kind of get started and toss it off to Landon um, to keep things interesting. But um, one of the biggest questions we always get is, well, can't I just um, give my house to my child for a dollar? I always get phone calls and they're like, they want to give their house to a kid. Like, do you even want to meet with them? I'm like, of course I want to meet with them because I want to tell them how terrible of an idea that is. And let's talk about how we can get it to their kid and do it in the best way. And, you know, one of the reasons actually four reasons <laughs> we don't really like to do that. We call them the four Ds, um, divorce, debt, disability, and death. So you give your house to your child, what happens if they have creditors, they have debt, then it's available for their creditors. What if they become disabled or are disabled and need some type of benefits, then they might not be able to qualify for them or that assets available for those their benefits. What if they get divorced? So that's a big one we, we hear a lot about. You know, I want to make sure assets get to my children, but I absolutely do not want their spouse to get anything. Um, so, you know, if you give it outright to your child, they get divorced, then it's not, it's available, you know, for that spouse to, you know, claim on. Um, and ultimately death, like God forbid something happened to your child before you and they own the house. And what if you're still living in the house and what does their will say? And, you know, there's all sorts of complications there. But ultimately, you know, another one that's not including those four Ds is really the Medicaid. What if you need long-term care and you gave assets to your child and they used them, all the assets, because maybe you gave it to them to pay debt and now it's gone and you need care. Well, if we instead give assets to a trust, worst case scenario, if we ever have to use that money, we can get it back from the trust. We can't force people to give gifts back. So Landon, what else do you want to add to that? I know it's a big, a big question we get a lot of. Yep. And uh, so I think the four D's are the most common ones to watch out for because one of the things that I tell people when I get that question is that if, you know, you're coming to us to ask these questions about how do you plan for the second half of life? What mm -hmm. you're planning for is that, is that you, you know that life happens. Yeah. And if you transfer your house to your child, well, life happens to them too. So now we've got three lives in the mix and we really haven't, we've created more risks as opposed, we, we've created more risks to address one. Um, yeah. And then beyond the four Ds, I don't even want, need to have a, a word for, for this one story of um, a client of mine that um, did, that type of planning where the house was completely in the child's name yeah. and the child has a fiance that is not too friendly with the father and he gets kicked out of his own house. Uh -oh. um, now I know everyone on here, all of your kids are perfect. I know every single one of them is every single person I've ever met with has perfect children, um, including this person. Um, but life happens and Remember that if you completely divest interest in your house, whether it's to a child or to another person, it's out of your hands. Um, and while that might alleviate the risks of, okay, well, we don't want it in your hands because then it might be available for long-term care or things like that. Um, putting it in someone else's hands adds risk there too, where, um, you know, there are 
plans and there are options to get the best of both worlds and mm -hmm. take those risks out of the picture. So. Mm -hmm. We've seen it all, unfortunately. I mean, I hate to say it, but um, I, I should, shouldn't say that. We've seen a lot, but there's still things that surprise me that, you know, happen and families, um, money. <laughs> so always planning. So one of the biggest things with planning too is you get to decide what happens. Like if you, you know, and nobody wants to do this stuff. Nobody would sit down and talk about their wills and their plan and what happens if they die or get sick. None of us want to do it. My family like thinks I'm crazy because I talk about this stuff all the time. Like, um, but like you can control it. Like, so you put it in place, you're controlling what happens versus somebody else having control over it later and maybe not looking like what you want it to. 